What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today I was joined by a special guest on the show. I had Jenny Blake and we had a great conversation. What I loved about this is that it's pretty straightforward and to the point, meaning Jenny takes a very objective point of view when it comes to progress, when it comes to results. We talked about how to look like you lift. When you want the results, when you want the work that you're putting in, when it comes to your training, when it comes to the effort that you're putting in the gym, when you want that to show on your body, you want your body to resemble the work that you're doing. That's kind of what we talked about and how to make that happen. And uh, there's, there's a lot of really valuable insight here. But again, I'm going to reiterate the fact that this is a very objective perspective and it takes a lot of the guesswork out of the equation. So there's no maybe kind of sort of, I might be progressing. I might not No, this is clear and to the point and very direct. And if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you know that I always appreciate that approach. I think it's refreshing. I think it's needed. I think it's that kind of honest truth mirror that all of us need to look into. And uh, this is just a way to assess, are you really progressing or is it more of a feeling or are your expectations misaligned with reality? So that's what you're going to get from this conversation. We would love to hear some feedback. If you enjoy the episode, you can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then post it to your stories on Instagram and tag us. You can tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. You can tag Jenny at Jenny, the nutritionist at Jenny, the nutritionist. And then as always leave a five-star rating and review on Apple podcast or Spotify for a chance to win a free supplement of your choice from one of our sponsors, cured nutrition, Organifi or Legion athletics. Pull up the, the podcast app on your phone, hit the search button, type in mind over macros, tap on the thumbnail, Scroll all the way down until you see the ratings and reviews, write a review, submit the five stars, and you are eligible to win. It is literally that simple. And if you could please do me a favor, subscribe to the show wherever you listen. That is the number one way to help us grow and reach new ears. I was going to say eyeballs, but nobody can actually see this. You can only hear it. So we're going to call it earballs. We need to reach more earballs, and that's the best way to do it. All right. I'm done rambling. Let's get into the conversation with Jenny Blake. All right. What's up, everybody? I am joined today by a very special guest. I have Jenny Blake or Jenny, the nutritionist joining me. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so I always kind of start in the same spot with uh, when I have guests on. Uh, I always love to hear the origin story because I feel like getting into this, I mean, Personally, I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing. I could have certainly not imagined that like 10 years ago, uh, but here we are. So I always love to hear kind of how it all came to be, how you kind of developed your philosophy and the way that you work with clients and uh, some of the twists and turns along the way or mistakes that you made. Uh, so let's start how, however far back you feel like is um, important to provide context and just uh, you know fill us in on how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And before we do that though, I want to make sure that I don't have my headphones in. So I want to make sure that I'm not creating an echo for everyone. Is that a problem or should I go get my headphones? 
it sounds fine on my end. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can usually tell if it's not going to be the best quality, but from my perspective, it sounds good. So I think we should be fine. All right. We'll keep cruising then. Okay. So I was very, very active my whole life and I loved working out like a lot of my ladies and, and you might be the same. I really enjoyed, you know, I remember being in front of the TV and my cousins were over and they're like, why are you doing sit-ups right now? And I was like, it's just fun. Let's just, let's just go. And that was kind of what I, what I enjoyed doing. And I was a competitive cheerleader my whole life. And then I got into CrossFit and same thing. I loved working out, but I always had it in the back of my head. Like, why don't I look like I work out as much as I do? Like something's a little off here. And of course, then I realized I was missing nutrition, the biggest component. I was like, oh, I'll just work out more, work out more, work out more. And then once I got into nutrition, right, I went through a lot of the same things that most people do. Like, okay, I'm going to be all in and track my macros. And, you know, my fitness pal told me that I needed to eat 1200 calories and I could do that for a couple of days. And then I was like, mm, I'm starving. There's got to be a different way. I don't, maybe I don't have enough willpower. And then I was, you know, trying all these different things that nothing seemed to be working, but I also didn't understand it. Right. I was just trying things. I didn't know how long it would take. I didn't know how committed I need to be. I didn't know if I could have balance. Like I would be great during the week. And then it's like, oh, we want to go out and do something on the weekend. Can I? Can I not? I don't know. I see some people have pizza and some people say you can't. And I was just confused. And then I didn't even know what to measure, right? Like what metrics should I be seeing change in and, and when? And finally, I I had kind of, I, I reached the point where I'm like, I want to achieve this. And I wanted something with that like I offer now where it's like, I wanted to I wanted something specific for me, right? I could see out there what I would call like the average American guidance where it was like, work out more, eat less, have more vegetables. And I was like, okay, I'm already doing that. There's got to be that next next level. And I wasn't at a point where I was like, oh, I want to do a bikini show and, and go all out and be like an elite level. And this was probably eight years ago. So it wasn't, or yeah, maybe eight years ago. So it wasn't as like the fitness world wasn't as popular on social media. Like there was just the access wasn't as there as much. And, um, so looking for a program, like where I was getting something specific tailored to someone who is lifting and someone who is into it, but also learning it and understanding it. I didn't want to just, okay, follow a plan. And then when you get off it, you don't know what to do. And I couldn't find it. So I then was like, okay, well, I did kind of want to do a bikini show, but I didn't think I'd be doing it now, but that's, I need to know what they're doing to, to create these shapes. And so I went all out and signed up for a bikini show, hired the coach, all of the things. And that's where I learned that there is a strategy to building muscle and decreasing body fat. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the, this is the secret that millions of ladies don't know. And you actually have to eat more. Like it's not just eat less all the time. And it was just this big aha moment for me. And I created um, at the time, one of my best physiques. And after that, then I was like, okay, I want to learn more about this. I 
went back and, and you know started mentoring under nutritionists. I started studying to get my license and was just kind of like blown away by it all. And then took all of that and applied it to, you know, the the balance that I was looking for too, which I think balance can kind of, we can talk about this, but balance could feel a little too soft at sometimes, but just the life that I had and the type of person that I was. And that's when people started reaching out like, Hey, can you teach me? Hey, I want to achieve that. And then I really created what I wanted back in the day, which was that program that was kind of in between the, the, the extremes and tailored to that go-getter lady who does lift weights and wants to change her, her body composition. Yeah. I love that. And uh, I had a very similar kind of paradigm shattering moment where it's like tried all the 1200 calorie meal plans, 1600 calories, um, you know, all the fad diets, recognizing that uh, I could not starve myself into the body that I wanted. And actually, even when I did, I still hated how I looked. And that for that to me was like the biggest aha moment was when I was my lightest. I have zero picture. I literally have one single picture of when I was my lightest and I hated the way that I looked. And it was recognizing that I actually needed to fuel my body and put on muscle and eat more to uh, get the shape that to the physique that I wanted. Um, but that can be a scary thing, especially for, you know, you mentioned just like how many millions of women out there that have been told over and over again to eat less, to, you know, just eat less, do more cardio. They go to the doctor, doctor's like, Hey, you could probably lose 20 pounds. You should eat less, do more cardio. Uh, and then we're over here like, no, you need to fuel appropriately and eat more, eat more protein, build muscle. Um, how do you get help somebody get over that fear? Like this is actually going to help you uh, build the body that you want, build the physique that you want, achieve everything that you want, except it's just on the other side of this major fear roadblock that we need to get over. Yes. Fear of the carbs. For sure. That is a thing. And I would say most, most of my ladies are at a point where they like muscle, right? I think. I think we're now at a point where if you're in the fitness world, you see muscle and you're like, yeah, you look like you work out. That's, that's like what I want. Um, so I feel like most of my ladies are, are feeling confident there as far as they know that's what they, they need. They might know, oh, I need to eat more, but maybe every time I do the scale goes up or I feel fluffier or I'm not even going to try it because it just seems scary and I need like the guidance to be able to do that. Or there's just no understanding, right? We're never taught this. We're never taught nutrition, especially for the person who was into nutrition and into their health. So the first thing is I think education. And that's why I emphasize that a lot because having someone just follow something, it's like they can only be bought in so much, but if they understand why we're doing X plus Y and Z, and they understand it, not just because I'm telling it because, but because of the science behind it, and they can actually see how that works like in their bodies. I feel like that pushes them another, let's say 30%. And be like, okay, I, I get it. I, I got you there. And then I say that another 30% is like, okay, but how do I actually take that and apply that at in, into my day to day, because if it's at the end of the night and I'm like, oh, I've got to get 70 more grams of carbs in, or you know, 80 more grams of carbs in, they're going to be like, oh, that just feels off and wrong. So then, how do I actually feel confident achieving that day in and day out? So I'd say that's the next 30. percent And then the last is just experiencing the benefits. 
a lot of people, once they get to that point, they were like, okay, I'm just going to trust the process. Like I see that a lot in the check-ins, like, okay, here we go. I'm trusting the process. And I'm like, yes, like, here we go. And then a few weeks later, they're like, oh my gosh, I have more energy. I don't need that nap in the afternoon. I'm not, I don't need as much coffee or I like I'm actually powerful in my workouts. Like eating before workouts is another thing that getting carbs in before workouts that they're afraid to do that then they do. And they're like, oh, I'm never going back. Um, and so I think experiencing the benefits, it gets them the other 30% and then 10% will leave it up for, you know, individual things. Yeah, completely agree. Um, you mentioned originally when when you were kind of getting started that you were really into working out, but you didn't look like you worked out. You felt like you should have more results to show for it with the amount of effort that you were putting in with CrossFit or whatever else you were doing. And I feel like that's super common. I hear that a lot. Like I work out so much. I just want to look like I put in the amount of work that I do. Like the physical manifestation of the work is not matching. I'm 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 at the gym, I'm consistent. And it's just not showing up the way that my clothes fit, what I see in the mirror. So you touched on like the biggest needle mover, which is nutrition. What are some other like common mistakes? Or even if you want to like get hyper specific on nutritional mistakes, but what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see for women or really anyone who's working out consistently, but they feel like the physical results are not matching with the effort that they're putting in? Yeah, they're like, I look okay. Like I look good ish, but like, I, I want to look great and I'm kind of putting in a lot of effort and should be looking great. And I think that's, that's a problem. But the other specific problem is they don't feel like they're in control. Like it's like, they, they're like, if I wanted to create this, I don't know what to do to even be able to do that. Or I, some weeks I, you know, change this or do this. And I don't know what the output's going to be. Like I, I have control of my inputs, but I have no, like, there's no correlation that I can see to the outputs. And so I find people get really frustrated there, which I, I totally get, but you're right. People are like, I want this physique to have the lines, the curves, the shadows, the definition. So when I walk into a room, I think people really want it to be like their physiques scream, like work ethic. And like, I, I work, I work out. Right. And so I think that shows so much about the person, but that's kind of getting away from your question. So as far as like what I, I typically see, you know, I work with very like type A professional ladies. Um, so this is kind of more tailored to that person, but I'm sure it could apply elsewhere is perfectionism definitely comes in and they're really stressed about being perfect, but maybe on things that don't matter. I just had, I was just coaching on someone who was like, I have to get that 10,000 steps like on the dot, no matter what. And she won't go to sleep until that happens, but she is traveling for work. She's at conferences and those are long days at conferences. And so she's only getting five hours of sleep because at the end of the conference, she'll go for an hour or an hour and a half to get all of those steps in. And, and I'm like, actually, well, let's focus on getting more sleep and then focusing on your nutrition for her particular goal, right? And that's going to just going to get you more bang for your buck instead of just, I, instead of just her thing was like, I said I was going to do it. So I'm going to, going to do the 10,000 steps. And so I was like, well, what if you like, why, what's the point of it? Let's actually get to 
why you would even want to do this and tie this into the science and tie this into like the results you want to create. It's like, I'm going to brush my teeth and headstand every night. Just, and I'm going to do it every single night just because I said I was going to do it. It's like, that's great. But like for an end goal, what's your end goal with this? Um, and that headstand thing really clicked for her. She said she was thinking about it every night, her brushing her teeth. And she was able to just relax a little bit. But I see that a lot. Just trying to be so rigid and perfect on things that aren't moving the needle. And then that turns into a little bit of all or nothing. Because when you're trying to be so perfect, right? You can only do that for so long before it kind of swings the other way. I would say those are two of the big things, like outside of specific not eating enough, um, adding a ton of cardio onto their lifting. And um, and then, again, yeah, just not really under understanding how it's working. Do you find with that personality type, the, the type A go-getter, very motivated, driven, do you find that you have to have more of the pump the brakes conversation? Like, let's focus on stress management. Let's focus on sleep. Let's, you know, restorative movement, things like that. Do you find that it's more where they're just constantly go, go, go on overdrive and their body's like, pause, we're not going to change because there's a lot of stress right now and we actually need time to recover and rest and digest. So you feel like that's more of the conversation that you have frequently? Oh, yeah. I have that a lot and I actually have all my ladies get blood work done so I can see their cortisol levels and then I can see how that's impacting their hormones. And so some more than others, right? But it always helps when I have their labs to say like, this is like the stress level, which we can talk about what is the driver of the stress, but we can actually see how it's impacting your hormones, which is then impacting your ability to build muscle and decrease body fat. And so again, the education and, and tying it in buys them in a little bit more. And then from there, the conversation goes like, okay, what's the root cause? Let's talk about it. Like I've had someone who she was doing CrossFit, you know, six days a week. And then she was also doing a Peloton class another five days a week, like at, at night. And again, it's like talking about what's the point of that? Let's look at, you know, the calories. Let's look at the macros. Let's look at your goals. And we ended up removing the Peloton class and she felt better, had a better physique. And then I remember her putting one of her check-ins like, I get over five hours a week back of my life like this. <laughs> like I had no idea that this could be a thing and get better results. So that's something that I see is, is removing additional things or, um, eating enough. That is definitely probably 99% of my ladies come in and, and are not eating enough. So that is another thing when you improve your, increase your intake rate, that's going to be less stress on your body. So that's another thing. Meditation and breath work. I don't really market this a lot because my ladies might be like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. But once I get in again and, and show them the data, they're like, oh, this will help me decrease stress. And then adding in supporting supplements, whether you know, natural supplements, whether that is to help support sleep or temporarily help process cortisol. Um, so that's kind of, those are the main things that we implement. So it's a kind of a combination of lifestyle factors, supplement, nutrition, tinkering with training to kind of make it all, all supportive. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm, I'm interested in the, in the lifestyle approach, uh, particularly because dealing with, so you mentioned a client that's traveling at, you know, for work at conferences all day. And I find that 
you know, a lot of the perfectionist tendencies kind of show up in that regard where it's like when I'm at home and I'm in my normal routine and I can cook all of my own food, I'm on it. I can go to my gym. I'm good. But once I'm on the road, once I'm in a new environment, like everything goes out the window or like, I don't even know what they're going to be serving at this work function or whatever the case may be. Uh, what are some some tips or tools that you help uh, your your clients implement when they do have that busy work schedule or they're traveling or, you know, there's the hectic schedule that they're trying to navigate? Yeah, I would say first, um, instead of afterwards, you know, I, this is things I see in the check-in afterwards, they'll say, oh, I just need to be, have a better week at home, right? I just need to be at home. And first pause and like, well, travel is going to be a part of every single person's life. So instead of having this like perfect routine at home, let's find a routine that also works with traveling. Like you have your travel routine. I have something that's called a nutrition vacation that it's just a, a, a protocol where they can kind of choose different, like think ahead and choose how they're going to approach their trip or their travel or their vacation. Um, so that's the first thing is, is just being like, oh, actually, no, I want to make this part of the routine and not be on or off. I want to make this like just who I am and how I think and make decisions all the time. And so the second part is planning ahead. Um, that is, I think, the number one thing for nutrition for everyone, but even, but especially for trips. And so even before we get into like the tacticals of this protein and, and that, I think having an approach to the trip. So it may be your best friend's bachelorette party. And that approach is probably going to be more flexible than, oh, I'm going on a work trip, the same work trip I have to take every month for this meeting. It's nothing special. So deciding the approach ahead of time and deciding, okay, Here's what my effort's going to look like. And generally, it's going to be one of three. I'm either going to like put in the effort to progress. I'm either going to put in the effort to just main maintain, or I acknowledge this is going to be a regress and, and that's okay. I'm okay with delaying my, hitting my goal by two weeks for this, this, you know, travel. Um, typically though, if I would say work trips, they're, typically going to be either I still want to progress or I'm just going to maintain. I think it depends. You know, I had someone who she owns a company where she was putting on the retreat for her entire company. And I mean, there was just high stress, right? Very, um, you know, she's gone from 6 a.m. till, you know, 11 p.m. It's like, hey, let's not plan on making making progress this week. Let's just maintain, which which is a skill in itself and very, very difficult to do. Um, so that, that in, is enough there. So I think having been so, solid and sold on your approach um, for when you're going into it, but also the expectations for after it. So that's the, those are the first two things. Um, but then protein, right? I think that's, that is the easiest one or the hardest one to get in while you're traveling. Just when you're going out to eat, they're going to be smaller portions typically. So I definitely suggest bringing either bringing a protein powder and just putting it in a baggie with the scooper, bringing your shaker. Um, that is definitely going to help. Or even um, I've actually found recently that even that, if you're running around and kind of busier, that can kind of be like another thing to do to make, make your protein shake. So even just getting the pre-made like muscle milk ones or, or there's muscle milk or there's another one. I forget the like life there. They, they, they may not be like the best 
option and what you want to have every single day. But again, what's going to make it efficient and easy for you to be able to get in and be consistent. Um, and then to, again, typically I don't say, oh, have two protein shakes a day or get in a scoop and a half of protein. Like normally let's just get one after your workout in. But this is, you know, travels a little different um, where I would say, yeah, maybe if you or if you're in a pinch, get a scoop and a half of protein in or get two in per day. Um, so I'd say that is one, one tip. Um, another tip is what I call create your plate, which essentially is at each meal, you'll get in a portion of protein, a portion of starchy carbs, and then, um, either fruit or vegetables. Because if you do that at each of your meals, you're going to be really set up to hit your protein or be really directional with your um, macro targets. And you can do that if you're out to dinner, you can do that at any restaurant. If you're at a a buffet at a conference line, you can kind of scan it and say, what protein do I want? What carb do I want? And that kind of takes you out of being like, oh, I've got to eat this clean, perfect meal to like, oh, I, I can, I can make the decision and know that it may not be like the best quality, but it's still going to be directional with, with quantity. And I can still, if there are quality options, I can ask for quality. Uh, I can keep going, but I'll see if you want me to or not. <laughs> it's all, it's all helpful. Very much, uh, in alignment there. I find I've found that I've gotten less, it's probably going to sound horrible. I've gotten less empathetic with the traveling and like, oh, I I traveled. So I was off quote unquote off track. And I, I agree with the mindset of like, there is no track. This is just, this is what you do now. This is who you are. This is what we do for life. Um, But if you like, we have Instacart, you have DoorDash, you have all these opportunities to, to make it convenient. And so I've, I've lost a little bit of empathy in the fact that if you just plan ahead to your point, you can get an Airbnb that has a full kitchen. So you can make some of your own meals, even hotels, you can request a fridge and a microwave and just a little bit of thought and consideration goes a long way. Whatever you have to bring with you, whether that's protein bars, you know, um, protein powder, whatever, all of that is, is just about planning ahead, looking at the menu. Oh, I know we're going out to this place, even if it's an hour before. And, you know, your, your team decides like, all right, work, dinner, we're going to go to this place. You look at the menu a little bit ahead of time, come up with a game plan. I think that most of the time when there is a struggle with travel or just being out of your normal routine, it's from lack of intentional planning. And it's just like, I'm going to wing it and hope for the best. And that rarely ever ends up going well. So I don't mean to sound insensitive, but I feel like it's uh one of those things that the more you can set yourself up for success with ordering groceries or Instacart or whatever it may be, the easier it's going to be to stay on, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like as soon as you land, go to the grocery store. And again, it doesn't have to be like a full, like, Oh, I'm going to be there for an hour, but having to go to the option like rotisserie chicken and then the microwave packs of rice and then bell peppers. I love bell peppers because you can just eat that like an apple. Like there's no prep involved, but like getting something like that and that's like perfect for like a road trip or um, something just like quick that you don't have to meal prep. That's still an option. Um, that's going to be really directional with targets and a little higher quality too. Yeah. And I love what you said about deciding what type of a trip it is. Like, is this a trip where we're going to continue to make progress? Is this just a, Hey, I want to do okay enough to maintain, or is this a, 
YOLO, let's, let's get after it type of trip, which there's no right or wrong. It's just accepting the trade-off. I want to take a brief pause in this conversation with Jenny to tell you about one of my favorite new sponsors of the show, Legion Athletics. Yes, they are the newest sponsor and slowly but surely I am adding more of their products to my daily routine. And I can't help it because their stuff is so freaking good. I actually had a team call for or a group coaching call for our challenge. And we had some of our challenge participate, participants talking about how amazing the Legion protein bars are. And I haven't tried too many of their bars, but I'm going to trust our clients know what they're talking about. But what I have tried, I've been using their plant protein on occasion because I usually stick with beef protein, but I don't digest whey very well. So I've been going with plant and beef and their plant protein is great. I've been using their multivitamin. I've been using their vitamin D. Um, so it's a D3 K2, which is important. And then I've got the fish oil and recently started trying the stimulant free pre-workout, which I already drink a couple cups of coffee. So I don't need the extra caffeine. They have a stimulant free option. Um, their whey protein, I've been told, is absolutely delicious and actually have had some of their flavors from previously because usually before I have a sponsor, I try their products. I enjoy their products. I know I get to meet the people and the brand and I understand their values and all of those things. And then they come on board as a sponsor. So this is no different. Um, I have tried their way in the past, but only a couple of their flavors, but I've been told that all of their way flavors are amazing. What I really like about having Legion as a sponsor is that I know it's quality. I know that they're amazing people and they have almost all of your needs covered. Whether you need a multivitamin, uh, you need a post-workout product, you need a pre-workout, you need some whey, you need plant protein, you need protein bars, you need protein cookies, like they've got you covered across the board. And we've got you covered with 20% off with code POPFAM. So if you go to legionathletics.com, legionathletics.com and use code POPFAM, that's P-O-P-F-A-M, you get 20% off all of their products. And you will see what I mean when I tell you they have got you covered. Personally, the multivitamin is like my insurance policy. Uh, vitamin D3, K2, everybody should be taking that because I think it's the statistic is over 80% of the population is vitamin D deficient. And you can take the fish oil, you can take uh, pre-workout, post-workout, whatever you need. Just check out their products at legionathletics.com. Use code POPFAM for 20% off. And now let's get back to the episode with Jenny Blake. I want to circle back on something that you mentioned earlier because you brought it up and I, I put it in the back of my mind to discuss. And I think this is a good segue. My issue is when somebody makes the conscious choice to say, like, I'm just going to enjoy myself. I'm, I'm going out with my friends. I'm, I'm going to drink. I'm going to eat. I'm going to enjoy the experience. And, but then in the next breath, they're like, why is the scale not moving? Why am I not making progress? And you, and, uh, you had mentioned that, uh, sometimes balance can, can be a little bit soft and that sometimes, uh, we take it too far. And I, I find the same thing. I think like balance is such a buzzword. 
Uh, we throw it around all the time, just like moderation. Everybody says it. We don't, you know, just have whatever cookies in moderation, just have a balanced approach. But then sometimes it goes too far where it's like, I'm going to drink every weekend and I'm going to dine out and do all these things because hashtag balance, but why am I not progressing? So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. And I've kind of changed my ap- approach with balance or at least how my messaging with balance over over the past, it's a couple months because when I say balance, I'm kind of talking about the person, that person who is kind of more of like a perfectionist and like, oh my gosh, I could never have I would never eat any of that because I could never have it. But then they go into perfectionist and kind of swing back and forth. Um, Because, yeah, I think just going back to like the science of it, right? There's things you can do and can't do that are going to decrease body fat or indoor build muscle, right? So if you're doing these things, then that will happen. If you're, if you're not, then, then you're not. And so again, going back to, this has really helped um, with my ladies of instead of me like after the fact telling them if they're making progress or not, I want them to know what are the the check things I need to do each day that are going to tell me if I'm making progress or not. And I want you guys to track that and I want you to see the trends. And so I actually have them submit based on this criteria. Was this a progress week for you or no? And it's okay. Like you, you're going to have non-progress weeks, right? That that's definitely a part of it. Um, but if you're having non-progress week every week, then you're not going to make progress, right? If you're having one, maybe every other month, like you know, life life happens. But let's let's look at what's going on. Um, and so going into just math, right? Sometimes, especially in the deficit phase, it's like calories in, calories out, right? Like th- there's there's more to it than that, but like, are you step one? Are you creating that deficit seven out of seven days per week? And I think sometimes people think it's a little more vague than that, or they're kind of like, Oh, I'm being good. Oh, I was bad. But it's like that, that vagueness, right. Is going to leave some real vague results. Like, let's just get more specific of, of that like formula of, okay, what are your targets? Are you hitting them? How many days per week? Are you creating the deficit? Um, and then in, when it comes to body and muscle, I have them submit their, not all of their weights that they're using in the gym, but let's say they're focused on, you know, shoulders, glutes. It's like, okay, so pick a couple of exercises from your training program. And I want you to submit that in your check-in because again, we're going to look at, I want you to look at, are you progressing in weights? That's Yes or no? Are you doing the same or higher rate as your past, you know, one to three week trend, same or higher? That's going to tell me if you're progressing or not paired with are you eating enough, right? So it's less, oh, I'm doing good. Or um, I had someone last week who she was like, you know, I had this trip or this happened. I didn't get to the gym and, um, you know, but same thing, kind of like all balance. And I'm like, Okay, but it's a non-progress week. You see this, right? Like seeing it there and she's like, oh, wait, I've had three of those now and it's only been five weeks. Like I'm not making, I'm not making progress. Like like seeing that connection actually spelled out in a dashboard where it's like line over line, they can see the actual trends and data. I find that to be really helpful. 
Yeah, I love that. It kind of takes the emotion out of it. it just makes it a logical, more data-driven type of conversation. A hundred percent. I say like your your emotions totally valid. You're a human being, but let's just let's just hold this right here. We'll get back to that because I think they're going to change once we just look at the facts. Let's pull out the the facts and the data and and the numbers and specifics, and then instead of like oh dwelling on on it, right? Let's either be like okay, well, what worked from that? What didn't work? What can we what can we do different next time? Like very specific, um, and that's how you improve but then also like let's just change it for going forward of how do we want to approach it for going forward yeah i love it how are like what are the um criteria that you use to have them determine if it's a progress week versus non-progress yeah so first it depends like what phase are we in i have what what's called the lifestyle phase where essentially the goal is to either essentially to build muscle, right? Eat enough, prime your metabolism, support hormones, build muscle. And that's where they're typically slowly and steadily working their in- increase up to what they're burning per day, or they're eating what they're burning per, per day or around that. Um, so are you eating enough, right? And eating enough would be, okay, are you hitting your targets? In the lifestyle phase, I say more than more than five days or more per week. So that's very, did I do it or did I not? And then paired with that, am I this week in the past week, am I, are my weight in the gym, am I hitting the same weights or higher? I think it can be a lot more nuanced than this, but this is kind of just a starting point to start wrapping their head around it to really avoid the like, why am I not making progress kind of, kind of question. Um, So Based in the lifestyle phase, based on those things, either yes or no. And they literally have to check yes or no. And all of their data is is in front of them, like in their dashboard, so they can actually see that. And then in the calorie deficit phase, am I hitting my targets um, seven out of seven days per week? And But the way I word it is, am I creating the ca- the calorie deficit for me? seven out of seven days per week by hitting the calorie targets and macro targets. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. How do you factor in alcohol? Cause this uh, was a conversation that came up recently and um, there was a couple coaches that were kind of debating if somebody hits their macros, calories are good. Uh, they're, they're hitting protein, they're hitting their total calories, but they are filling in some of their macros and calories with alcohol so they're taking away from carbs or fats or a combination, um, but still hitting calories and protein that they are consistent, that that is compliant. And the other coach on the other side was like, nope, if you're filling your macros with alcohol, you're not consistent. It's going to anyway, it started this whole debate. So I would love to uh, hear your thoughts on how alcohol fits into the mix. Yeah, I am not a if it fits your macros person where it's like, oh, just eat whatever and hit your macros. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm like an 80, 80% person, but not 80%, like, oh, 80%. Like, no, actually do the math. Like go into chronometer, go through all the ones that would be like non-real foods, add total up the calories, divide it by your total calorie goal. Like, is that within that you know 10 to 20% range? But as far as specific to alcohol, I actually interviewed someone on my podcast about alcohol. 
I mean, alcohol is not going to be beneficial for building muscle or decreasing body fat. If you like the more optimal would be to remove it. However, I feel like that is a whole separate conversation and that would be a whole separate course for somebody, right? It's a huge lifestyle change. Like it's, it's bigger than I feel like we can accomplish in, in my program. And I'm not against alcoholic. I, I drink as well. So my recommendation for my ladies for in the lifestyle phase where they're not expecting fat loss, but the, the goal is to eat enough um, and get enough nutrients in and, and build muscle. I say zero to four per week on average, meaning some weeks, maybe zero. Best friend's bachelor party, maybe a little more than four, but that's going to be not the not the norm. And then in the deficit phase, I recommend none and kind of as an opportunity of like, oh, this would be a great time to have six to 12 weeks of, of just committing to it, right? And, and taking a break from it. Um, but again, that for some, that may be a whole different conversation and, and course and coaching program. Um, and then I, and then if not, then four per total, four drinks per total over the entirety of it. And then I also give tips of like, you also don't have to have a full glass of wine every time. It could be Friday night and you could have a fourth glass of wine, right? Or you could do a mocktail, which so funny. I've gotten so into mocktails, but not like the sugary ones, but I've gotten so into mocktails now that sometimes I go out to eat and I order mocktails. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I didn't even drink. Like didn't even cross my mind because I have my lime and salt and sparkling um, mineral water. And it was so delicious. And I had the herbs in it that I like didn't even notice. Um, so making, we call them good tasting drinks. So G or G T D is like our go-to of like, Ooh, pick me up some GTD. Ooh, let's order a GTD. Um, Cause there's so many like good tasting drinks that aren't alcohol. And then the last thing would be what is like, what is the alcohol? Like what's the purpose or what, or how is it serving you? Some people are like, oh, but it helps me relax. Like, all right, there are so many like teas, like um, there are so many like, you know, different things that we can include in like even natural supplement that to help you relax. Or some people are like, oh, I like, um, I just want a good tasting drink. That's, that's how we came up with GTD. Um, so, okay, great. Let's find something that is a little fancier or tastier or still put it in the wine glass right? To have that experience or like, I want to go out with my friends. It's like, okay, let's still create that, but you don't have to. It's not like, oh, you have to smoke cigarettes every time, every time you, um, like it, it's like people back in the day would smoke cigarettes all the time. And you were kind of like an outcast if you didn't smoke cigarettes. But now most of my ladies would be like, oh, I'd never smoke cigarettes. It's like thinking about alcohol the same way as you do about cigarettes. And normally that has a little shift in their mind and they're like, oh, yeah, I can be do this or have this alternative or do something different. So that was a long way to answer that um, question, but hopefully it, it covered it. It is it's it is a sensitive subject, and I think you handled it perfectly in a very similar philosophy. And I think that for anyone that's not willing to, you know, give it up or cut back or anything like that, then it's just a conversation of what that means for your results and your expectations. And if you're okay with the trade off, then great make your own, your own choices. But I think that, uh, like we can always 
safely say that optimal would be zero. And then whatever, you know, however much you can cut back is obviously going to help your fat loss progress or muscle building. And if it's something that you're not willing to give up, okay, then we just have to kind of push the expectations, um, you know, shift the expectations so it matches the behaviors. And I found that personally, it was about the act of like having a drink in my hand. I'm pretty socially awkward. I'm very introverted. So when I'm in a crowd and like I'm at a bar or something with friends, like I do get anxiety. I'm, I'm a little bit like, oh, I don't know if this is my spot. Um, I'd like need something to do with my hands and just having like a drink makes me feel more comfortable for some reason. So I just started doing the club soda, lime, little splash of cranberry to give it some color. And it's like, I'm good. Now I have the thing in my hand. It's not alcoholic. Um, or like a couple of weeks ago, uh, over the weekend, my wife and I were hanging out in our pool and we just like, like, it's a beautiful day. Wouldn't it be so nice to day drink? We're like, let's just make something. And pour, like, we had like three drinks and combined, it was probably a total of like a half an ounce of vodka. It was like just a splash to give it a little bit of a taste and we're and totally fine. And uh, there's ways to make it enjoyable without actually getting hammered um, or impacting yeah. results. Yeah, uh, I love the splash idea too. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes okay. people just like that little flavor of like the alcohol and it gives it that little touch of alcohol, but it's not going to do anything to you or it's, you know, just, just a t- like, literally like a bottle cap full. If that. And it really bridges the gap between like, oh no, I shouldn't drink. I can't drink. Drinking is drinking's bad. I'm going to be bad. And, and then, oh, I have a drink and I'm bad. It like bridges it to like, again, understanding like, what is the actual impact here? What is my goal? How does the, I almost see it as like, I don't know, like Tetris, right? How do I, how do I adjust this to include my version of balance, but also still moving the needle towards my goal, even if it takes me a few days later or a week later. And that splash, right, is a great, I feel like in between. Yeah, definitely. Or half shot. I tell my lady, it's like, oh, you, you don't have to have, you know, if it comes with a double shot, you can alter it to yeah. maybe one shot or a half shot. Exactly. Um, I love it. So I have one more question for you. Um, yeah, I get this one a lot, uh, because you help with building muscle and you have women that want to get strong and want to get leaner at the same time. What's the best approach? Uh, and this is like a loaded question and I'm, that's purposeful. So, uh, when I want to build muscle and I want to lose fat, what's the best approach? Can I do both at the same time? Should I take one? Like, should I start with fat loss and then move to muscle building? Should I start with muscle because it helps fat loss? What's the best approach in your opinion? In my opinion, the best approach is a nutrition strategy. So that's what I've kind of coined this three-step process to building muscle and decreasing body fat. It's it's not like I invented this, I think, um, based on like what research has has shown this is a great way that works. I think there's other options out there as well, but this is what I think works well for my type of ladies. So the nutrition strategy, step one, eat enough. Step two, align your training. And then step three, enter into a calorie deficit. So step one and two, you kind of do at the same time, right? You slowly and steadily eat enough because a lot of my ladies are eating 1200, 1400, even 1600, right? When most of my ladies are, are lifting, have, have some muscle and burning, you know, 2000 plus per day. Um, and then aligning their training, meaning some of them may be doing 
CrossFit or some type of progressive overload training, but they're not tracking their weights. And it may just be like a, oh, I go hard some days. And then I, you know, check the box a couple of days and then go hard. Um, so kind of fine tuning that. And, and again, with the training, some of them be like, oh, I really want to build glutes. And I'm like, there are one exercise of glutes in your entire week in your program. That's going to, this doesn't align to the shape that you want to build. So it's kind of like aligning the eating the nutrition to the training and then aligning both of those to the goal that they have. So that's step one. Um, I mean, that can be done over months, but I think a lot of my ladies are eager to get into the calorie deficit phase and really focus on decreasing body fat. Um, so with my ladies, I, I do that for about, um, two and a half months. Again, Every individual may want longer or, you know, make that could be adjusted. But I feel like that's like the general guidance I have at first, because that also gives them enough time to be comfortable with eating enough, to see the benefits of eating enough. And it depends on the training experience people have, um, but or what they've done before, but that gives them time to to either build a little bit of muscle or for some of my ladies, it could be a lot of muscle relative, right? Because they've never eaten enough before. And now they're finally getting nutrients and in, in the same training they're doing, they're just getting way more out of. Um, and then from there, about two months of a afterwards, right? So they focus on building muscle first. They focus on getting enough nutrients in, improving their metabolism, supporting their hormones, and really setting up the routine in the in the in the lifestyle. Um, and they're in a much better position after eating enough to then go into the calorie deficit phase for um, I say six to eight weeks. But again, that's my secret way to like wrap their heads around it then they realize like, oh, this actually takes, takes a little bit. Um, and then from there, most people are like, oh, I want to, I want to extend, or they could be like, you know what, this was, I, now I know what it takes. Let me repeat the nutrition strategy and re- come back out of the calorie deficit, slowly increase, spend more time building, and then go, go at the deficit again. So the nutrition strategy is kind of a four month cycle where two and a half months of building and then two months of decreasing body fat and then repeating it until you get the desired results. And then of course, as people go on, you know, different things may do longer or, or shorter is more custom to them. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Um, if, uh, anybody wants to stay connected with you or learn about the things that you have going on or interested in working with you, um, where can they find you? What's the best place for them to connect and, um, yeah, let them know all the places that you hang out. Yeah. So I hang out on Instagram at Jenny, the nutritionist. And then I also have a podcast called create your shape with Jenny, the nutritionist. And then if you'd like to work with me and join my program, my program is called create your shape. And it is a four month nutrition coaching program where we really implement the nutrition strategy that I just talked about. And it's really tailored to those go-getter type A ladies who are lifting weights and maybe they're in a professional setting and want to build muscle, decrease body fat, but also really understand it at a high level and be empowered to make decisions, whether they are at a conference or on vacation or just at home in their day to day. 
Awesome. I love it. I will post all of that in the show notes. Um, thank you so much. Uh, this was a great conversation and uh, I appreciate your time and wisdom and uh, we will chat soon. Thank you so much for having me.